Empire. Hello and welcome to another live stream edition of the John Carr Report. Always appreciate you tuning in. Do me a favor. Go subscribe to the show on Spotify, pod, you know, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, wherever. And if you want to find us on YouTube, if you're watching this later, Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. You can read my work on ESPN.com. And as you can see, a little bit of false advertising today because I said Bram Weinstein, the voice of commander, is going to be on here. If you're watching, that's not Bram. That's Nikki Javala from the Washington Post. So, Nikki, I appreciate the last-minute fill-in. But I will say this. I know everybody's going to like this. I'm getting 100 messages on here on YouTube saying you need more Nikki. So here you go. I'm giving the people what they want. Thanks, Nikki. I do what I can. You know, if your ratings plummet, it's not my fault. My ratings are going to go up here in a a few minutes. So I I do appreciate it. And, you know, I want to start with everybody donuts for this, by the way. Right, Bram? (laughs) Bram promised. Bram always brings donuts on Fridays. (laughs) And that's something that. Whoops, let me get my, but that's something that I think is always much appreciated from our end because um, that's what he does. But Nikki, I want to start with what Ron Rivera talked about today. And, you know, one of the things he talked about, what's he most proud of? And he said, changing the culture. Do you feel the culture has been changed? Yes, I do. I mean, and a lot of it is due simply to the fact that Dan Snyder is out of the building, but I I do think that Ron's legacy requires nuance and context. Um, The on-field product was not good. I mean, they couldn't get over eight wins and they only reached eight wins once, um, reached the playoffs once. But Ron Rivera dealt with stuff that no other coach has had to deal with and did it probably better than any coach could. Um, again, this is not defending the, the on-field product. That should have been better. I think everybody expected it to be better. But when you are coaching a team that has no voice from ownership and that ownership group is at least a part of or the center of five maybe more federal league-led um state-led investigations over, you know, the financial dealings over, you know, allegations of sexual misconduct in the workplace. I mean, Ron Rivera was the voice of the team for much of his four years here and that he took that on. He, I think he knew to a degree what it could be. I don't think anybody expected it would reach this level. Um, It's, I mean, everything just fell apart Um, and he battled cancer. Andy battled cancer. And I don't, I think, you know, it's, it's, it can be difficult in our jobs because you have to parse everything, right? Right. You develop, you develop relationships with people because that's what you do as reporters. Yeah. We're very close to a situation. So you see the human side of it. And, you know, you also see social media where it's either person A sucks and they want them out or this person, the greatest, whatever. Never, it's rarely that cut and dry with someone, but people who want the human side, we see it. So I think yeah. in this case, you see it. And you're right. It doesn't mean that someone's advocating, say, oh, he should stay in the job, or it was great because they they haven't had a winning season. Right. We know right. that. Like the football has not been good this year. We know that. You know, you can say that, yes, they're, they're, if they make a change, which we all expect, that it's the right move. 
Yeah. Both things can be true at the same time. Correct. But you can also say like, you've seen how Rivera's handled it. You've seen, you know, like you said, that what he has had to deal with is, is infinitely more than what anybody else has had to deal with during the time as a coach here, because it's, you know, through name change and, you know, pandemic, yeah. which pandemic, everybody had to deal with that. But then, you know, the, the scandals or you know, the investigations and, you know, the DEA, I mean, it was yeah. everything. Well, that, and, and then, that he kind of brought on himself. Well, that, is his, that's right. that was part of his own doing. Absolutely. Sure. Yes, absolutely. But, but then he also, then you're dealing with your own cancer that does take a toll yeah. out of you from going. It, it's not just that year and it's over. It's that year. And then it lingers and it takes yes. something out of you. Now, whether or not that had an impact on the situation, well, they couldn't find a quarterback. They didn't yeah. make enough good moves in the offseason, and I'm not going to write it off to, well, he he didn't have the same energy that can affect you in the season. It doesn't affect your decision-making off uh, out of the season yeah. where I think they failed at times. But, you know, it does seem like when you – it's been very weird, Nikki, in these press conferences to ask a guy where we all know what we're asking, which right. is – And he knows what we're and asking. And he knows. And he knows what's coming, but what is he going to say? Yeah, I fully expect right. to get canned. On We all know it, but what is he supposed to say publicly? There's nothing he can say that will appease anybody at this point. Everybody's mad that they're 4-12. and 12. Everybody's just waiting for the end to come. Um, but what is he really supposed to say in that situation? And, like, again, I, I, I think the thing that Ron did the best during his tenure – was shielding his players from the chaos that was around them. And there was so much chaos. I mean, we've heard from Taylor Heineke. Listen to what Alex Smith has said over the years about what it was like in that locker room. I mean, this is unlike any other place in the NFL. Um, and, and Ron did a good job of shielding it. Sometimes he made it worse, no doubt. You know, with his comments, uh, the RV thing, um, you know, not every player left the building happy. No, <laughs> um, as Nick Sundberg reminded recently in an interview with Grand Danny. Um, but it's a lot to deal with with one coach. And I, I think during his own cancer battle, the thing that I I still can vividly see is he had trouble standing up on the sidelines. He had trouble yeah. walking to the sidelines. His wife, Stephanie, had to accompany him and, and walk with them. And he had, um, who was a head of operations, why am I blanking on his name now, with the Denver Broncos, um, with Sean Payton, Paul Kelly. Oh, Paul, PK, yeah. Yeah. And he was, it was Paul Kelly, right? That was, that was by his side and would, would, you know, make sure he got water, that make sure he sat down and, and rested in between series. But, you know, he was determined to coach through it, but he was as frail as I've ever seen a football player get. There was yeah, and because he, he never missed a game in that, I think it was was it Baltimore where you thought he was gonna miss, and then Baltimore he still, he was, was the worst I've seen him that game. Yeah, and, and again, this does not excuse the W's and the L's. You got to separate. Not what this it. is about. Yeah, you this gotta separate. separate. This is more, you know, this is a humanistic look at the situation, yeah. and you know, what I do remember, like I remember talking to a player about a month or so ago, is like they felt like when you talk about, I know for fans, and this is I know people who had we're here at times or whatever they got tired of hearing the word culture because of ultimately it's like, mm-hmm. there's just way too much focused on that. Sure. I know that Rivera felt he was hired to change that clearly because it wasn't good, but it wasn't good because the guy who hired him, right. <laughs> you know, right. so that's a problem. But 
you know, you, you, and again, from a fan's perspective, okay, that's great. Culture's good. Where the hell are the W's? I get right. it. But right. I do know like some players there, like to your point about him shielding, they did like the culture of the first three years. I think this year maybe got away from some of that because yeah. you started to see like it wasn't working. There were all these changes and it's not working. And then, you know, you had some guys like with contract situations or whatever, and then you have trades. I just think it made it a tough year. Yeah. Um, but again, you got to win. Right. No, absolutely. And I, I think anytime you go this long without having some sort of consistent success at quarterback, anybody is going to get fired. That's what the NFL is. You don't get a full season to try to prove yourself anymore. Not coaches, not quarterbacks. It's a shame. You think about how many great quarterbacks would have failed in the NFL nowadays. You know, the Peyton Manning still set the record. I mean, John Elway, his rookie season was atrocious. I mean, you don't, but you don't, you don't have the luxury of time anymore. It's, it's hard to not wonder how many good quarterbacks are, are out there, but just were never given an opportunity to really prove himself. I think Jared Goff, what he's doing in Detroit with the right coaches and the right system, I think is amazing. You know, he did well with Sean McVay in the early years, but you know, it looks like with Ben Johnson, he's revived his career, but it, it takes that perfect storm and you got to have a chance and you got to have patience and, most players don't get it. Most coaches don't get it anymore. Right. And that, and that speaks to like their quarterback situation with Howell, Sam mm -hmm. Howell, you know, you're going to have a new staff coming in. I can't imagine they're going to say, Hey, let's be patient with him and develop him. Right. Not when you have, right. not when you possibly have the second pick. Right. You agree? And he, and he just now had a full season. He wasn't even supposed to, he was technically benched for this game. He, he had a full season and I'm talking about from week 18 right. last year you know, he didn't even get a full season and like his, his play declined. I don't, I don't, I don't think they made a bad move by deciding to bench him. I could go either way on it. I, I to say that. that I think he needed to come confidence, out. Yeah. To, to say that benching him could help his confidence. I think is a ridiculous. Thing. <laughs> I, don't. I mean, you're benching the guy. Um, but I used to, I used to, we, used to, we all used to play sports. If you got benched, I wasn't thinking, you can use it as motivation. You can use it to sure. get better. And that will help your confidence because what you overcome, but it's yeah. always about what you do on the other end, not the front front end. The front exactly. end sucks. Exactly. And for such a public role. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, nobody wants that. That doesn't help your confidence, No, but point is you, you don't get a full season anymore um and you know he declined as the as everything spiraled out of control i think we may never get a full glimpse of what sam howell could have been but most quarterbacks don't yeah no you, you don't and that and that's the that's the thing here and if they were if they had finished eight and nine and they're picking in the middle or the 20s of the draft then mm -hmm. you can say okay see where you go but they didn't finish they're not going to finish eight and nine they're going to finish four and 13 most likely with the high high pick and a chance to grab somebody who another staff is going to say that's our guy there is nobody in that building that will most likely most likely no one in that building will have been there when sam was drafted it's right. hard to it's hard as a, a guy who was picked in the fifth round whether or not you thought he should have been that's where he was picked so right. the perception is shaped by that. The narrative around him is shaped by that for fair or not. And, you know, so they're, they're going to go with their guy at some point in this draft, if nothing else to bring in more options. So, you know, I think that's, that's something that, you know, and that's, listen, that's just part of the NFL. And I think for Hall's case, 
He's only he's young. Was he twenty three? I think. This yeah, is not the uh, end of is he even twenty three? Yeah, I think he is twenty three. I think he turned twenty three, but he oh, but yeah. it's not the end of his career. Like guys right. get like Taylor Heineke was on a couch at his sister's house. He right. got more chances, and he's going to stick in the NFL yeah. for four, for a few more years. Guys get other chances. He'll get another chance, whether it's here, next year, somewhere else, whatever. Um, yep. But you know you're going to roll. But the other thing that Rivera said too was that he likes he'd like to think that he's left this in a better place. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think yes. Again, I think a lot of it is simply Dan Snyder leaving. Um, that right. has been the biggest impetus for change. I mean, you look at the difference. I, you go back to training camp when everything was happy and expectations were high and everything was wonderful. I mean, those those ten thousand fans that showed up daily didn't. It wasn't because of Ron. It wasn't because of the team per se. It was because there was hope with new ownership. Um, but I do think, you know, Ron, I do think he has left the team in a better place just in terms of, you know, the types of players he's brought in. Um, I don't think you can say that. You can't say that in terms of the record. I don't think, I think he brought in more talent at some positions, but not others. I mean, the, the defensive line is a shell of itself. I think the receiving core is better. Will it be that way after free agency when Curtis is gone? Maybe not. Um, but I, th- I think he, he helps some areas. I just think, given the circumstances, he did about what he could with the off-field stuff. I just, I, I don't think, I don't think his four years as a whole, just the trend of de- his, developing players of finding new talent of you know being innovative and finding new ways to win i don't think that was it didn't do it no yeah and you know i sometimes wonder if there was you know there was a lot of emphasis placed on loyalty familiarity and some of these hirings yeah and and that's i think that's part you know that's partly listen when it goes wrong you look at everything and that's part of it i think (laughs) and you know you look and say I mean, you look at some of the things they're doing on defense or not doing some things on offense doing or not doing, and you watch other teams you're like, you know, this team is doing that and it's working, right? This system has been updated and it's working here by doing this and implementing that. And then, you know, then you, you know, the, the inability to fix the quarterback position. I think that's why he was really, really, really hopeful that Sam Howell would come through because it would be a, a something he could quote unquote leave to this franchise. And right. maybe down the road, like, who knows? Like I said, the book on Sam Howell's not over. I just like, you, you kind of know where it's, you have yeah. a good. You're just I not the clear franchise guy for 2024. He had to make it a no brainer and he didn't. And so, right. um, you know, and, and, and so there are definitely some things, but you know, I, I think you're right. The, I think there are some coaches I've covered here who, if they had been here the last few years would have been an outright disaster. Yeah. the entire time. Yeah. And, um, you Joey, know, I think your dogs agree with me. Yeah. yeah your dogs. Well, so, Joey, but, do you want to but, stay in here or are you just going to bark from <laughs> over there? But, but, you know, so I think there would have been some that would have handled a lot worse yeah. and it would have been in a much worse spot, but the, but some of those decisions, the draft class this year is not done enough. Well, it does in the future. We'll see oh, this yeah. year, not enough. Yeah. And, you know, and I know like, um, somebody said there's none of them got in the first round picks got an A grade. I think I think Jamin Davis progressed well, but not enough. Right. For for the 19th yeah. pick. 
And I'll say, I always go back to my guy was Owusu Koromoa, who's with the Browns having this great year. Cause I felt like that guy play his play on film. It's always, you go by film and that guy's film was terrific, better, just better. Don Kime, still I'm, trying to get in the front office. I, listen, well, because like, well, also, you're listening. <laughs> listen, I got my resume right behind me here. It's on the drawer. <laughs> So, but it, but it was also because on for ESPN that was my pick, so I'm going to stick with that. Course, but course. I did yeah. like the guy. So, and I, they're different linebackers, but he's very productive. Yeah. yeah. So he plays fast. That aside, I don't. It's this is not about me, Nikki. It, it, it kind of well, is, though. Oh, it, it is. is. It is. It is. It is the John Kime report, and it, so you know how many people can name it after themselves. So, right. um, there you go. Anyway. But but I do you, know, you to them being in a better spot. I mean, you're going to go into the offseason. Whoever comes here will be in a better spot because of the ownership change, and because you, you're going to have a better owner to work for. We believe. I mean, you can't have a worse one to work for, and you're going to have a you lot of capital. Yeah. Well, I, we're watching David Tepper melt down in Carolina, but you know you they're going to have a lot of cap room with the ability to clear probably a good 15 million more just mm-hmm. with a couple moves possibly. So possibly, you know, yeah, possibly. And, and so, they have what? 10 picks at this point with, or nine yeah. picks with five. five in the top three rounds. Yeah. I mean, and, and so possibly a number two pick after Sunday, possibly, possibly. And that's a problem. Like, you know, we were talking about this earlier today. That's who the hell knows. I like, just pay attention to tankathon.com. And we'll know during the games because there's a, a few games yeah. that it's going to the strength of schedule is going to be it's going to be like watching the stock market throughout the day. You know, is it up? Is it right. down? What's going on? Right. Um, so, you know, but I convoluted process. Can we just do like the lottery, like the NBA? I know everybody hates that, but it's just so much easier. This makes me feel dumb every time I, I try to figure it out. I well, I yeah, I, I kind of feel like that way a lot of times, no matter what's going on. But <laughs> You know, but I also I also wonder, Nikki, like what other kind of changes take place here? Because I think, you know, we're all expecting it. And, as you know, people there have been expecting the clean house phrase is what you hear. Um, but even on the roster, what kind of turnover that will be and how they view. And this is where the other thing, because you hear like even Rivera said that he expected to be better. And I think we all expected them to be better. Does that mean that the talent underachieved? Were they not used right? Do they have talent in place that they can turn it around quicker with the right people? I don't know. What do you think? I think this is going to be a decision for the next GM and head coach, which is why they're probably going to get paid the big bucks. Um, but it is it is a lot, and there's not a ton of time to kind of figure it out, especially – we were talking about this earlier. If they pursue a, a GM or a coach that's you know goes deep into the playoffs, that's more time that they don't have to waste – um, and, and trying Lucky to us that, that happens too. Yeah. And, and trying to evaluate the roster. Plus you think about, you know, if, if you have a new head coach coming in, this doesn't really mean much in terms of roster building, but the season comes quick. I mean, off season workouts for teams that have new head coaches is April 1st. Um, and if you have a number to pick, you're probably looking at a quarterback. They have a lot of due diligence to do. And you have to decide what does that mean for your personnel department? Are you going to keep that in place through the draft? Do you, do you want to give your new GM a chance to redo it entirely and get up to speed and get everybody on the same page in time for the draft? There's a ton to do. Yes. Um, and then, and then what about the business side? You know, that's it. Yeah. I still think they, they, 
I've, I've heard that maybe they, they focus on football first. I know that is a priority. Get the football right. side in shape and then kind of do business as you go. It could mean that, you know, a lot of changes that they want to make there could come next year. Correct. But football is a priority. Football is a priority because it's, it's, they have to do that right now. That and now. how lucky are we, Nikki, that we get to cover? So for a reporter, the two worst words after the season are coach search. Because yes. it's just, it's exhausting. Then yes. you throw on GM search, possibly yeah. a vice president of football, operate, whatever. It could be another yeah. title in there somewhere. Yeah. And then a quarterback. So like, it's like the, the trifecta. Triple, we yeah. hit the trifecta. And how lucky are we? Next like, season, we can do the business side. It'll be great. Right. And which is good because we've had nothing to write about the last couple yeah. off seasons you know, aside from investigations with Congress and a sale and the pandemic and all that, otherwise very little to write about. So I'm yeah. glad that we I've have an option to normalize. Yes. And it's been, you know, like what I've wanted all the time is just like, just give us everything to do in the off season. <laughs> but but right. I will say, you know, it's, it's going to transform this organization. And to your point, like there is, it's going to be so different and there is a lot to get done in a short period of time. And Joshua wanted to know, and this is this will be a hard one to answer, but I wanted to ask because I think people want to know, how soon after um, Monday do you think new ownership gets a new GM locked down? I think that's, it's hard to know because one thing I'll say, and we, again, we talked about this, but like they've been pretty secretive and mum about mm -hmm. what's going on. I think it's how they like to operate, mm -hmm. but I also think it's part of it they have people in place for these jobs. I don't think they want to create a situation where names are being leaked while people are in those right. jobs. So, but I, you know, so it just, I guess it just depends, but you kind of want to get that person in sooner rather than later. Cause the ideal thing for them, Nikki, is that they want the GM to hire the coach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, they can start interviewing people on January 8th, that Monday. Um, and they, you know, they've done their due diligence going in, but playoffs could hinder it, especially if they're looking somebody that is deep in the playoffs. Um, they can agree to it, but they can't obviously come in until they're done. But I, you know, you also, you have to follow league rules and you have to have a certain number and type of interviews and you have to go through and that doesn't happen overnight. You know, there is the Rooney rule. You have to make sure you give everybody a fair chance in, in who you're interviewing. So there's that to consider as well. So I think they want this to, to go as, quickly as they can. I don't think this is something they want to drag out because there is competition. There are at least a handful, yeah. if not more teams that are, that are vying for some of the same talent possibly. So if they wait too long, if they drag it out, they're going to lose. Yeah. And, and, and that's the problem. And it's not just, it's not just getting the head uh, head coach in here. Eventually it's that person getting their staff too, mm -hmm. yeah. because sometimes it takes a little bit of time to put that together. Now, a lot of these guys will have talked to people. Like, if you're Ben Johnson, I'm quite sure he's got an idea of who he wants to be on his staff. Yes. And it's something these are, that... These are conversations yeah. that you know are going on. Anyway, yeah. every, the guys that are the top candidates know what's coming and they can get a plan in place. And just for the record, he has not asked me to be on his staff, Nikki. So I can what? I can that put that shit. rumor I can put that rumor to rest. Wow. Um but I Can do, I you know, Washington Post, according to a person with knowledge of the situation. There, there, there you go. But that is a part of it because, you know, one of the things that you learn over, you learn pretty early on, but you certainly reinforce over the years 
is, I don't care who you get as a head coach or a coordinator, it's the quality of their staff that's going to matter. Mm -hmm. Just like if you don't have the right owner, whoever you get below them is not going to matter because the owner is going to screw it up or not hire the right people. But if you don't, and you need to have people who can carry out your vision for a team, for an offense, for whatever, and make sure it all fits. So if you don't get that guy, then it can, it can hinder your staff initially. And I would think that, you know, despite, I mean, clearly we're going to expect some change in front office, but typically they're going to keep scouts around through the draft. And I would be curious to see if they do the same thing again this time, because their, their contracts simply going to go around that time. So, you know, just, and it's some level of continuity because you're going to want to have somebody here to at least interview for GM or coach on the staff, even, I don't know that they'll fire everybody right away because you're going to want some people around who can, you can pick their brain and maybe you want to keep them, but you need to get information on these players and what they think, you know, right? Yeah, no, totally. And I keep muting because Joe is barking up a storm. He's not happy about something. He wants to be on the staff. Um, Listen, he doesn't like four and 12 either. No, not at all. I mean, you know, unless it involves treats. Um, but yeah, and I, I think these last four years have been that perfect example. Joey, stop. Um, but you you look at the staff, and we talked about it earlier, you know, it was built on loyalty and familiarity, and so many coaches do it. You know, you bring in the folks you're confident can do the job as you want, but you get to a point where a lot of it is you're just kind of repeating a lot of the same things you did years ago, and the game has passed you by. And I think sometimes, sorry, um, you need to be uncomfortable a little bit, right? And I, I think that's one of the things that was missing, you know, during Ron's tenure. So, yeah, building the staff is key. Um, and it may not work on the first iteration, too. You, you know, having the right. right ownership to allow you to tweak that is important. My yeah, and, and, and it may, right, and it may not work for, I mean, for, for Josh Harris, the first hire. We don't know if this is going to work. I do think eventually and you know he would tell like guys that he's hired in the past like daryl maury like your approach your consistent approach wins like and amy maury told me one time he's like if you have you're playing blackjack you're going to hit on 11 you may not hit you might not get you might get a two or three you're going to hit every time so over time you're going to win by doing that and so like that's the whole key but you know i think for this fan base you kind of want to hit it out of the park right away because I don't know that, you know, I don't know how much you can expect this fan base to take. They've been coming back. They've been, they were at the games when it mattered and they, you know, you're going to have to sell more than you want to sell tickets in the future. You got rid of the owner, you know, you're changing the staff, you got to sell more hope and you got to sell W's. So I think that's something that, um, you know, that they have to do now a question about Sunday, because, God bless Sean Garner that you still, that it still matters to you, Sean, but who do you think starts for set or how? So a little bit of curveball here talking about the game. How dare you? Um, we don't know yet. Nikki asked today from of Ron. And they, yeah, they don't know. And you know, I'm guessing I'm just guessing. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. If I had to guess now, I would say how, but I don't know. They could totally switch it up. I just, yeah, and, I mean, he if you're two not great, but he did play decently for two quarters. Just let him finish it up. And, you know, and the other the other thing, if you're Jacoby Brissett and that hamstring is not 
Yeah. I'm, no, I don't want to be agency. He don't want to do that. Yeah. And you're, you're facing Micah Parsons and that, that group. Not a great, not a great way to go out if you're Jacoby Brissett. Um, so I think there, there you go. And Randy Barnes wants to know why is no one talking about Bo Nix, the most experienced QB in the draft? Well, we just did. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> I think, I think, listen, there's a, there are a lot of high profile guys in this draft that are going to be looked at ahead of him. I do think that Bo Nix will be one of those guys as they get into the process, people are going to kind of like say, Hey, don't forget about Bo Nix. Cause he's done a nice job. I also wonder how many people were still remember the, unfortunately for him, the Auburn years, but he's done a really nice job out West. So I think he will get talked about, but right now he's not, he's not going to go in the top 10. That's who we're talking about now. And then like Penix is playing and looking great. That's why he's going to be talking. Unbelievable night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm quite sure he's probably motivated from a few of us going to that game against Utah when we were out in Seattle. I mean, you know, he probably noticed that. Yeah. And he probably wants to go from Washington to Washington, you know? And, and like, and I've always liked that kid when he was in Indiana, I liked him, but the thing that will scare me always with him is the health, but that's where, you know, I think if he goes a senior bowl and people are going to really like him and then you get the combine and get, check out those medicals, but two torn ACLs is going to be really tough for some teams to forget. So where would you pick a guy like that? And, and what do you do? But that kid can play. Yeah, and right. um, I hope next week he plays really well. So, you know, there you go. But I, is there anything else for Sunday that you're looking for? I mean, I would say, I say this, like, and I brought him up too, but there are a couple of guys that like I've enjoyed watching over the last, like Sam Cosby has been terrific. I yes, think he's, he's like, played very well. He's been their best think, line. I think this season, hands down. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Is there, is that <laughs> not, it's not even close, but you know. But he's, yeah, I think he's really improved. He's probably been their best draft pick over the past four years, even though they drafted him as a tackle and moved him inside. I was yeah. trying to think of somebody who's been consistently better. I think Cam Curl's been very consistent. Um, but I think Cosme, he is an absolute keeper. And what I like about him is that, you know, there was clearly an adjustment for him early. I think mm-hmm. he had to get used to how to set as a guard versus as a tackle. And it's, it's a different set. And you could get driven back a little bit more if you're not doing it. I think he's improved with that. And it's like, he's a really good run blocker. I mean, plus like the way he's grown out his hair, he now looks like a caveman guard. I think he, he can get there next does. year. Yes. He said he's going to shave his beard though. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm he cannot. Like negotiation. I think if he shaves it, you got to find him because I think it's yeah. part of, it's a really good look for a guard. And I think like between, between he and John Ridgeway, I think you could have two stars if this team ever becomes yeah. good. I think no beard lowers your market value. So I might tell yeah. him that. Well, it's because he wants to grow out his hair too. If he had like really long hair and the beard, yeah. it's a good look for a guy. As long and as you only have like this much of like, you know, face showing, like all hair in back, all hair in front. So it's just like your eye showing. I think that's the way yes. to go. Definitely. But he, Yeah. But he's been really good. Quan Martin, yeah. I think has played well over the last he's several long, weeks. Quite well. I, yeah. I like him. Um, but is there anything in particular that really you're going to look for on Sunday other than the final clock? Not really. How soon Quick. can we get out of there so we can be back in Ashburn for locker room cleanup? Right. Cause that, uh, yeah. <laughs> but That's- yeah, I mean, honestly, the only other thing I'll be looking for post game is where's Josh Harris, you know, and, and, and where's Ron Rivera. Yes. <laughs> um which is sad, but that's the reality um, at this point. So, 
I mean, yeah, there's there's still plenty at stake for both teams. I mean, the the Cowboys are clawing for the division title, and the Commanders it means more for their future than anybody currently on the team. But you know, there's and no player's going to tank. I know fans say that no player's going to go out there and tank. They'll get killed if they go out there and tank. Um, but you know, they're the number two pick is pretty enticing out there. So yes, and <clears throat> listen. What I'm going to watch to get it though. So it's not like they can just go out there and tank and it's guaranteed. Right. So. I mean, New England could still right, but it's, but if you're, if it's like fourth quarter, third quarter, and maybe you see if Josh, does Josh Harris get on the phone in the box and like, no. Um, but yeah, like you, you know, for Josh Harris, like, I mean, clearly we know players and coaches want to win, yeah. but I think that second pick right now is pretty damn valuable. And you want that option going forward. And and so, you know, there's going to be a dual um, thing here, but yeah, I mean, you still have a lot, you're going to have a lot of young guys get on some good, put some good film out there on Sunday. And I think that's always like, I like watching guys who get a chance. It's kind of like the, some of those preseason games where it's like, Oh, the games don't matter. But I like watching who stand, who comes through in that situation. Like last year, Kalik Hudson finished really well. And I think it, it, it helped him, earn a spot for this year because they felt, you know, now would like to have seen him maybe a little bit more. And he's been playing a lot since Rivera took over as DC, but you know, I think it helped him with how he finished. And so does somebody finish like that where you can say, okay, is it Quan Martin, that guy, you know, is, and I would like to have seen Chris Rodriguez get a little bit more work. I'd like to see yeah. B Brian Robinson get a lot more work next year. So, but that's right. all for, that'll be for like August training camp talk. So. Yeah, that about, wouldn't that be something if Kyle Smith and Taylor Heineke can knock Washington to number three? Because the Atlanta-New Orleans game has significant sure. Yeah, the draft I, spot. That would, that's pretty ironic, honestly. I do wonder if Kyle would like that. <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> yes. I think, yeah, and I think Taylor would probably be okay with that too. So Sure. Although yeah. Taylor would have come back. So Is Taylor even going to play? Because he had the ankle know. and he wasn't playing well. He's got the ankle. I think, yeah, I think it's to be determined. So, yeah. um, but anyways, well, if we're sitting here talking about Taylor Heineke and his ankle injury, I think it's probably time to go. Um, <laughs> Nikki, I appreciate you tuning, you know, coming on as always. Tell people where they can find you. Besides uh, right at washingpost.com and on X at Nikki Jabala, N-I-C-K-I-J-H-A-B-V-A-L-A. And on Instagram, but I just post, don't follow me on Instagram. I just post photos well, of my dog. Save yourself. But if you want to see, if you want to match the face with the bark, go to Instagram. Where is he? Joseph? Oh, he left. He had his chance. He had his chance. But is Joseph what you call him when you're angry when with angry. him? Is that like, yeah. Yes, like you have, I, yeah. I did not yeah. give my dog biblical names. His name is Joey. <laughs> Joey and Louie. <laughs> Louis when he's bad, but yes. There you go. See, and it was when I was best John William. So yeah, that's what yep. I knew I was in trouble. So yep. anyways, that's Nikki. That's why I am the way I am. <laughs> Another piece of the puzzle. Thanks for, thanks for coming on Nikki. And thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, I'll be back on Thursday with another podcast talking about the future and not Sunday, but beyond Sunday. So thanks a lot. And I'll talk to you next time.